Mark chapter 10, we're, um, we're going to be looking this morning at verses 46 to 52, but I'm going to read for us from verse 35. So we're looking at verses 46 to 52 this morning, but I'm going to read from verse 35. And James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came up to him and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. And he said to them, What do you want me to do for you? And they said to him, Grant us to sit one at your right and one at your left in your glory. And Jesus said to them, You do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink? Or to be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? And they said to him, We are able. And Jesus said to them, The cup that I drink, you will drink, and with the baptism with, with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand or my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. And when the ten heard it, they began to be indignant at James and John. And Jesus called, and Jesus called them to him and said to them, you know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. But it shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. And they came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, Call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, he is calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. Let me pray for us. Father, we thank you for this time that we can meet this morning. And Lord, as we look to your word now, we pray that by your spirit you would give us understanding. And that you would give us hearts to receive your word this morning. Give us minds to grasp and contemplate what you have said. I pray, Lord, that by your spirit, you would awaken faith in us, deepen our love for Jesus. And if there's anyone here this morning, Lord, who does not know you, that by your spirit, you would cause them to see their need for Jesus, that you would cause them to see the beauty of Jesus, that he is Lord and that he is Savior, that he is a merciful King. Do this for the glory of his name and for our good, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we saw last week that Jesus came not to be served, 
but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. He taught his disciples the true nature of greatness, which is servanthood. And all this came about because of his dialogue with two of his disciples, James and John, who both came to Jesus requesting that they be given the highest place of honor in his kingdom, despite the fact that, they, that he had just told them that he was going up to Jerusalem where he would be handed over to the Gentiles, where he would be mocked, spat on, flogged, and crucified, and three days later, he would rise. And the disciples don't get it. There is a level of spiritual blindness that they're experiencing. They want to experience glory and honor. They want to be seen as great, despite the fact that their Savior has just told them that he's going to be crucified on a cross. You see, the disciples are such a contrast to the encounter that Jesus has with blind Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus is in such a horrific state that all he desires is mercy. And what we'll see is that Bartimaeus is in fact a visible representation of the spiritual blindness, the spiritual lostness of the disciples. Though they may see physically, they in fact are spiritually blind. And though Bartimaeus cannot see physically, he in fact is able to see spiritually. And so they're on their way up to Jerusalem. And Jesus, on his way, passes through the city of Jericho, which was approximately 28 kilometers northeast of Jerusalem. He's on his way to Zion. His suffering and death are still at the forefront of his mind. And we're told that as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and, and with this large crowd, this crowd probably would have been made up of, of followers, seekers, and even doubters. But we're told that as he's leaving, there's a, a blind beggar whose name is Bartimaeus sitting by the roadside. He's blind. But not only is, he's, is he blind, he's also a beggar. He's the lowest of society. He's physically disabled and he's poor. He is culturally consider, considered a deplorable, an outcast. You see, being blind in the ancient world isn't like being blind today. There's no compassion programs for you teaching you how to live as a blind person. There's no medical help to restore your sight or help you see. There's no major surgeries. In the ancient world, if you're blind, you're helpless unless you have family or people who take pity on you. And it's clear that that wasn't Bartimaeus's case. He was blind, but also a beggar. If he had family, it would seem that they would want nothing to do with him. And most likely, he would have come to this spot on a daily basis asking people for help. And most likely, most of the time, he was ignored. He was an unclean, pitiful, blind, helpless man. But we also see that he was a determined, desperate man. Jesus and his disciples are leaving Jericho with this crowd, and in the midst of all the noise, blind Bartimaeus somehow hears that it's Jesus of Nazareth. And what does he do? Well, in verse 47, we read, And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. 
he begins to cry out for mercy from Jesus, who he calls the son of David. Now, we need to see two things about what Bartimaeus says here. The first, he, he calls Jesus the son of David. What's significant about that? Well, that phrase, the son of David, is a messianic title. David was Israel's greatest king, a man after God's own heart. And God promised David in 2 Samuel 7 that he would have a son on his throne forever. And when you read the scriptures, you can actually follow the lineage of David all the way to the coming of Jesus. You see, Israel believed that a descendant from David would be the messianic king who would deliver Israel and reestablish the throne of David. And we know as Christians that Jesus is actually the fulfillment of that promise. The disciples also believed this about Jesus. That's why James and John requested to sit beside him on his throne. What the disciples didn't understand, however, was that the messianic kin, king would be a suffering servant first before he would be established as king. Now, how Bartimaeus knew Jesus to be the son of David, we're not told. But somehow he had a certain level of knowledge about Jesus. It may ever be so small, but it's enough knowledge for him to believe that this Jesus can help him. And so he calls Jesus the son of David, but he also makes a request. He says, have mercy on me. He believes for some reason Jesus to be merciful. Maybe he had heard reports about Jesus' compassion on people. Whatever the case, he truly believes that Jesus will pity him. And this cry, have mercy on me, reveals the posture of Bartimaeus' heart. He's, he knows he's not deserving of such mercy. It wouldn't be mercy if he thought he deserved it. Bartimaeus' cry reveals the disposition of his heart. He's crying out to Jesus with a humble, broken heart. He knows he's not worthy or deserving of such mercy. That's what makes mercy, mercy. You see, Bartimaeus is the exact opposite of the two disciples we saw last week. James and John think they're worthy to sit at the right and left hand of Jesus in his kingdom. Whereas Bartimaeus would be happy to simply have his existence acknowledged by Jesus. See, James and John think they should be rewarded. Bartimaeus thinks he deserves nothing and therefore cries out for mercy. And so he cries out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And what happens? He faces opposition. Not opposition from Jesus, but from the people in the crowds. As verse 48 says, And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. Remember, he's the despised of society, the outcast, the bottom of the food chain. Quiet down, Bartimaeus. Jesus doesn't have time for you. He's got more important things to deal with, more important people to speak with. And despite facing the opposition, what does Bartimaeus do? He cries out all the more. 
But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Quiet down. Son of David, have mercy on me. Nothing, no one is going to keep him from making sure that Jesus hears him. This man is determined and desperate. His condition has made him so. He has nothing to lose. This is a pitiful, desperate, determined lost soul and yet there is much that we can learn from Bartimaeus for one despite his blindness he's very aware of his pitiful pit, his pitiful physical condition why is that important because it's his awareness of his state that causes him to go to Jesus for mercy see until you realize your helpless, pitiful state before God, you'll never see any need to go to Jesus for mercy. He knows he's a beggar. He knows he's blind. And most importantly, he knows that he's helpless. He has no ability within himself to change his condition. He can't make himself see. And, if, and it's that awareness that drives him to cry out for help and mercy. See, even though he's blind, he's actually more self-aware than many people who see. He's more self-aware than the disciples. The disciples think that they're worthy and deserving of being at the right and left hand of Jesus. And they don't realize that Bartimaeus' physical blindness is a visible picture of their spiritual blindness. And his physical blindness is also a picture of our spiritual blindness and the blindness of the whole human race. You see, in Bartimaeus, we're meant to see the true spiritual condition of humanity through his physical condition. As Augustine states, the wretched helplessness of fallen humanity is seen symbolically in the blindness of Bartimaeus. You see, until we're aware of our spiritual blindness, like Bartimaeus was aware of his physical blindness, we'll never be desperate enough to cry out to Jesus for mercy. Imagine, imagine if Bartimaeus believed and was determined to heal himself. Imagine if he believed that he had the ability within himself to restore his sight. He would have missed out on Jesus. He knows Jesus is present. He's heard that Jesus has healed other blind people. But because he's so determined to heal himself, he refuses to cry out for mercy. He doesn't think he needs Jesus. He can make it on his own. And you know what would have happened? He would never have experienced the mercy of Jesus. Yet that's how we as sinful humans operate when it comes to our spiritual condition. We're convinced that we're good enough to change ourselves, to heal our spiritual blindness. We can fix ourselves. We don't need mercy. You see, unless you realize you're no different spiritually than Bartimaeus was physically, you'll never come to Jesus because you're not helpless enough. 
You don't think you need mercy. You don't see yourself as a spiritually blind beggar. But you are. And so am I. See, because of our sin, the scriptures describe each of us as spiritually dead, slaves to sin, and spiritually blind. And if you're not aware of that, if you're, if you're not willing to acknowledge that, you'll never be desperate enough to cry out for mercy to Jesus. Are you aware of your spiritual state before Jesus? That you are spiritually blind, a helpless beggar in need of his mercy. The second thing we can learn from Bartimaeus is his his desperation, his determination for deliverance. He will not allow anything from stopping him from crying out to Jesus. The crowds try to shut him up. And what does he do? He cries out all the more. He doesn't give up in his pursuit and plea for mercy. He doesn't make excuses despite so much being against him. He won't let the barriers in his way stop him. How many men and women who at one time seemed to be seeking Jesus, yet they always seemed to have an excuse for what was holding them back from fully giving their lives to Jesus and living under his mercy. My job just doesn't allow me to, to really give my all to Jesus. My spouse is holding me back from coming to Jesus. What would my friends think of me if I followed Jesus? I just, I have unbelief in Jesus' ability. A pain from my, my childhood keeps me from coming to Jesus. Questions not answered. What barriers are you using as an excuse to prevent you from coming to Jesus and crying out like Bartimaeus did? Listen, Jesus rewards persistence. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. You see, despite all the barriers, despite the fact that Bartimaeus couldn't see Jesus, he was persistent in crying out for mercy. How determined are you this morning? How desperate are you to experience the mercy of Jesus and to know him? What excuses are you allowing to prevent you from becoming like blind Bartimaeus? And so Bartimaeus, he gets louder and louder, crying out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And probably to his surprise, Jesus hears him and responds. As verse 49 says, and Jesus stopped. Jesus stopped and said, call him. And they called the blind man saying to him, take heart, get up, he is calling you. See, though Jesus is determined to go to Jerusalem, he will never ignore a cry for mercy. So some people tell him, that is Bartimaeus, to take heart, for Jesus is calling him. And, and look at what Bartimaeus' response is in verse 50. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. He, he threw off his cloak. He, he sprang up and came to Jesus. Remember, this man is blind. But there's an eagerness on his part to meet Jesus. Because he truly believes Jesus can do for him what no one else is able to do. 
And so he comes to Jesus and, and Jesus asks him a question in verse 51. And Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? This is the same question Jesus says to James and John in verse 36 after they arrogantly approach Jesus about sitting at his right and left hand in glory. And through that question, their pride and arrogance were exposed. And here, by Jesus' question to Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? Bartimaeus's faith is revealed. What do you want me to do for you, Bartimaeus? Verse 51, And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, that is teacher, let me recover my sight. His, requ his request, recover my sight, reveals his faith. He truly does believe that Jesus can restore his sight. He truly believes that Jesus has the power to do so and that he has the mercy to do so. And that's why in verse 52, Jesus says to him, Go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight. Jesus didn't have to touch him. He didn't have to pray a prayer. He didn't have to do some ritual. He simply restored his sight by his own power. He does what only God can do because he is God in the flesh. It's hard to imagine what it would have been like to be Bartimaeus in this moment. To all of a sudden see the people, the city, the hills and the distance, the trees and the colors. It's hard to imagine that moment. But nothing probably thrilled him more than to look at the face of the man who healed him. He got to behold the face of his Savior. And so what does this passage tell us about Jesus? Well, three simple truths that many of us know but need to be reminded of. The first is this. Jesus delights to hear the cries, to hear cries for mercy. Jesus delights to hear cries for mercy. Jesus could have ignored the cries of Bartimaeus. He could have kept going to Jerusalem. But the heart of Christ for hurting broken sinners is too great for him to ignore. See, we're told he stopped when he heard the cry of Bartimaeus. Because that's what a merciful, compassionate Savior does. While many rebuked Bartimaeus, telling him to be silent, Jesus acknowledged him and gave him his full attention. And hear this right now. Jesus, who is seated at the right hand of his Father in heaven, sits attentively listening, listening to the cries of people for mercy. Both unbelievers who come to him for the first time and also his children who cry to him in desperation. He hears our cries. As Kent Hughes says, he is instantly attentive to our cries, even when a million of us beggars cry to him at once. And 
the heart's cry of one in need is far sweeter to Christ than the shallow hallelujahs of the crowd. Jesus delights to hear our cries for mercy. Secondly, Jesus is a merciful Savior. I know this is obvious, but it needs to be said. Jesus is our merciful Savior. He has a, a fountain of mercy for our misery. He has a fountain of mercy, mercy to cover our sin and to heal our diseases. He has a fountain of mercy for our weakness. He is far more eager to show you mercy than you are to sin. As we already sang, our sins, they are many, but his mercy is more. Don't resist the mercy of Jesus. He stands ready to shower you in his mercy. The mercy of Jesus can overcome any sin in your life, but you must, like blind Bartimaeus, cry out to him, Son of David, have mercy on me. He is our merciful Savior. Thirdly, just as Jesus has the power to restore physical sight, he also has the power to restore spiritual sight to the spiritually blind. If you have been saved by the mercy of Jesus, understand it's because Jesus in his power caused you to see. Left to ourselves, we are no different than Bartimaeus. Helplessly blind, spiritually dead, slaves to sin. But Jesus in his mercy and in his power brings us out of darkness and draws us into his marvelous light where we begin to see for the first time what we were unable to see. That's precisely what happened to, his, to the disciples. It didn't matter how much Jesus taught them about his death. They were spiritually blind to it. They could not get it. But there came a time when Jesus touched them just as he touched Bartimaeus and they began to see. They began to understand who Jesus truly was. That's what salvation is. Blindness to sight. And so turn to Jesus and cry out to him if you have not. Jesus, open my eyes to see, to see you for who you truly are and then follow him wherever he leads you. That's precisely what Bartimaeus does after he experiences the healing mercy of Jesus. Look at the end of verse 52. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. He followed him on the way. That, friends, is the only proper response to the healing mercy of Jesus. Follow him. See, once again, we are being taught the nature of true Christian discipleship. It begins with receiving mercy and responding by following him. Make sure you see this. He doesn't follow Jesus in order to receive mercy. He receives Jesus' mercy and responds by following him. And where is he following him to? To Jerusalem, where Jesus will take up his cross and die for the sins of the world. This is what it means to be a Christian. 
This is what it means to be saved. We receive the mercy of Jesus and we respond to his mercy by following him wherever he may lead us. As Matthew Henry states, It is not enough to come to Christ for spiritual healing, but when we are healed, we must continue to follow him. Those that have spiritual eyesight see that beauty in Christ that will effectually draw them to run after him. This is who Jesus is. He is the one who delights to hear our cries for mercy. He is himself a merciful savior. He has the power to heal both our physical blindness and our spiritual blindness. Therefore, friends, let us follow him wherever he may lead us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this story, for this incredible act of compassion and mercy by Jesus towards blind Bartimaeus. And Lord, I have no doubt that there are people here this morning who are in need of Jesus's mercy. I pray, God, that you would hear their cries and respond accordingly. You are a merciful God. You love sinners and you love sinners who humble themselves and cry out to you for mercy. And so please, Lord, do that here this morning. Show mercy to lost and blind sinners. Show mercy to your children who are in need of your mercy this morning. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.